Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, Nats Town. Welcome to Nats Nightly, sponsored by the District Sports page and federalbaseball.com. This is Patrick Reddington from Federal Baseball. I've got Dave Nichols from the District Sports page on the line coming to you after the Nationals split a two-game doubleheader. I guess you don't have to say two games and doubleheader in Citizens Bank Park, dropping the nightcap after they win the early game today. Dave will get into it right now. Steven Strasburg on the mound. Stras Bunny said last time out after five scoreless against the Braves, sometimes you just got to step back and realize how bad it was after he went on the DL and figured out that his body just wasn't where it should be. Came back with five scoreless, as I mentioned, four and five, five nine oh ERA, three two oh fit, three eleven, three sixty six, four seventy seven line against, and fifty one in the third innings pitched this season, a three eighty eight BABIP against, which would lead the majors if he had enough innings pitched to qualify. But a good start last time out. He's down one nothing tonight in the second after a first pitch fastball to Jeff Frank who was crushed. My first question there, why why throw a fastball to Frankie for Frenchie, but a two out single walk and uh Frenchie comes through again, puts the Nationals up, to, uh, the Phillies up three to two later in the game. Strasburg up to 95 pitches after uh, 29 pitch six, comes back out for the seventh, pays two for nine strikeouts total on 113 pitches. Little surprise Matt Williams brought him out there at the end, but another solid start from Strasburg. 113 pitches, nine Ks and in seven innings. The Nationals get the win in the opener. Yeah, and it's real encouraging to see him do it two games in a row here coming off the disabled list. Uh, uh, you mentioned the strikeouts. Um, at, at this point, I don't think that it is all that uh, um, confusing to see um, Williams allowing a starting pitcher to come in for anything extra what everybody else thinks he's the pitch. Um, it, we, it's, we've just seen it happen too many times over and over and over again. But, um, I, you know, he misses pitches up enough that uh, – um, you know, that he was able to keep the Phillies one of the worst hitting teams in the league off balance. And I suppose we should caveat um, both of these appearances going against the Braves and the Phillies, two of the weakest offenses. But uh, but still, yeah. you know, even even if it is just um, against uh, two struggling offenses, he did what he was supposed to do and did what he needed to do. Um, and I think he showed what he needed to show. I mean, here's a guy that, um, that obviously everybody was questioning what's wrong with him, what's wrong with him, and um, you know, the, the the two weeks off um, did him a world of good, whether it's all physically or, you know, all, some physically and some mentally. Either way, uh, it did the job because he's looking more like Steven Strasburg. I think we both and a few other writers on our site kind of questioned him coming back this quickly and wondered if with three weeks off and one rehab start, he could have really figured everything out. But if it was just a matter of him being healthy and getting his mechanics back in line, it seems like he's done it through his first two starts with the caveat that you note that it was the Braves and Phillies, but Matt Williams said pitch great, no restrictions up to 113, good fastball even in the last inning. He was throwing a fastball up to 97, 98 again, a little tick up from the velocity earlier this season. I think he's averaged around 95 with the fastball, but has a little bit of extra when he needs it. Really nice curveball today. Got a few outs with that, but really just focusing on the fastball and more importantly commanding it, which he wasn't able to do earlier this season. 
Right, and being able to command the fastball in all four quadrants allows him to throw the curveball. Um, you know, one of the if you look at the deeper numbers, uh, you know, so for for Strasburg the last couple of seasons, he's getting fewer swingers and misses on the curveball. So that either tells us one of two things: number one, um, that batters are recognizing it and laying off. Uh, number two, um, if that's not the case, then um, then he's not he's not having the fastball command where um, where he's getting strikes with fastballs and 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 he's able to then throw the curveball for not a strike and get guys to chase it. So um, seeing that he got um, that he got a little action on the fastball today is encouraging, again, with the appropriate caveats. But um, he really has a very good fastball, when, or curveball, when he can command the fastball is even more effective. Yeah, and the change, too. He threw a nice change, a few nice change-ups today, which I hadn't seen in a while, and got some nice movement on it, which was also missing earlier in the season wasn't able to locate it. It was out of the zone, so pitchers, uh, hitters could pretty much just wipe it out, and when they see that coming, not swing at it, knowing it's not going to be a strike. And Same with the curve for a while there, too, so it's good to see him using it early in the count, dropping it in for strikes when he needs to, and locating that fastball. All good signs from Strasburg in the first two starts. On the mound for the Phillies today, Kevin Correa, 34-year-old, 13-year veteran, signed with the Phillies on June 8th after pitching in the Giants system at the start of the season, 0-1, 4-3-0 ERA, 5-1-5 ship, and 14 and two-thirds with the Phillies so far. Phillies starters, which is unbelievable. They ended this, uh, not ended the streak, but at least got a win in the second game. But 1-13, 6-6-2 ERA, and 119 and two-thirds innings pitch in June before today. Correa with four scoreless on 61 pitches, but a double by D-Span, a comical error by Frenchy out and right where he misplayed the ball, went to throw it, had it slip out of his hand like a wet bar of soap, slacked by by SB at that point, 1-1 after five. Michael Taylor doubles in a run on the sixth. Uh, the runner Correa lays on, scores on a wild pitch from Jake Diekman, 3-1 three, three Nats at that point. They did what they could, but even against a journeyman veteran like this, didn't necessarily get a whole lot off of them, but enough for the win in the first game. Right, you know, and, and, and you're absolutely right. I mean, Correa is the very definition of MLB journeyman. I mean, he's, I think he's pitched for five or six or seven different teams at this point, and uh, he's never been particularly good. He's at times been reasonably effective, but um, the Phillies are really scrambling for starting pitching. Um, you know, we brought him in here recently, and uh, – uh, just the, the Phillies. I mean, let's let's face it; they have a world of problems. I mean, Ruben Amaro Jr. Uh, built a team that was, that was pretty good for a little while, but um, but absolutely was atrocious drafting behind it. And there's just there's nothing there in the cupboard other than Michael Franco. And pitching wise, um, they have very few even you know B or C rated prospects, let alone an A plus prospect for pitching. So th- this is a franchise that's in trouble now and going to be in trouble um, for a long time. But um, but this is a national show, not a Philly show, so I digress. Um, you know, the offense, like you said, um, they got just enough to get uh, get it done there in game one. Um, you know, sometimes a guy's going to come out and have a decent outing against them, and um, and Korea did that in, in game one. Uh, it, but it, it's still, um, you know, you saw when when the Nats were making trouble, um, it was, again, you know, the, the top of the lineup, like you said, with Span getting involved in it. And, um, and we saw Michael Taylor, who... Um, it is is having more productive at bats, more often um, getting in the action again as well. So um, again, good signs of interesting uh, if and when Jason Worth ever does come back to see um, what they do with Michael Taylor at that point. But I mean, we're still weeks away from um, even worrying about that happening. So we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. 
as I mentioned in my notes and mentioned when we were talking before the show, I think the Phillies were absolutely just ridiculous in the way they handled the game yesterday, starting it when everyone who has a radar on their computer and can look at the weather knew a storm was coming. They started in any way, burned Gio Gonzalez and forced the Nationals to call up an extra pitcher. If they didn't end up using, they ended up going with Dipo, even though they skipped Taylor Jordan's start last night and had him available in case they needed him, but we'll get to that in a second. There's two good things about the fact that there was a rain out. They didn't end up fielding the spring training lineup they had out there last night. Bryce Harper and Stan back in the lineup today. After Stan's first hit of two today, he has a 19-game on base streak, 22 for 75 after he, I think he doubled the first time up, but I don't have it in my notes, but 19 straight games that he reaches base. When he's at the top of that lineup, he's really a difference maker with the Nationals, hitting 305 on the year after he sat out the second game, but return from the back problems, two for four, run scored, and a walk in the game. Really just another impressive outing from Span, and you hope that whatever is causing these back problems and the back to lock up and spasm all the time is something he can get over with and it's not going to continue to bother him throughout the year. Right, and you wonder if a 15-day stint on the DL at this point would allow that to happen or if they figure that they're so short now that they'll get him two days out of three or you know, three days out of five, whatever they can get out of him, um, and live with the live with the days that they miss out of him. But you know, I wrote a column um, April, late April, early May last year about Span and about how um, you know the, the Nats have a lot of parts on offense, but when Span gets on base, they're a much better team, and and um, and they really are. And this is something that I think um, you know needs to be considered moving forward. Uh, you know, Span is a free agent at the end of the year. Uh, it's widely assumed that Michael Taylor will take over in center field. And Taylor just is not the same type of person that Denard Span is. He, he's got a lot more power. Um, he's got the nice speed component. He's a you know a very good defender, but he's not a high on base percentage guy. And that's what they're getting out of Span. Span, you know, hits two or three home runs a year and you know steals a share of bases. But his job is to get on base, and he does it very well. Um, Taylor's the opposite of that right now. And, and I'm and I don't know that he's ever going to be a player that. Uh, hits for either a high average or a high on-base percentage. So, you know, if the Nets are planning on, you know, sliding Taylor into Span's spot um, in the, on defense, you know, that's great. Uh, I just don't, I don't know that he's going to translate into uh, being an on-base on guy, a, a leadoff hitter type of guy um, that we're seeing, you know, the Nets get consistent offense um, from Span in that slot. Yeah, I think in the – I don't want to say distant future, but in a year or two, I think they're thinking of Trey Turner as that kind of top-of-the-order guy. He's a good OBP guy, fast guy who can get on base right. on a regular basis. And uh, But I agree with you looking forward. Uh, Michael Taylor is not that guy right now. Jason Worth has barely been on the field this year. Bernard Span continuing what he did last year, putting up a really good season. Mike Rizzo, when they uh, picked up his option this winter, talked about how he's got the kind of body and the kind of uh, – physicality that he thinks can last a couple of years and is not going to go downhill. He, he's not necessarily a speed guy, you know, but as I said, when he re-signed him that he thinks he could keep doing this for a couple of years, so it'll be interesting to see if the Nationals consider bringing him back and having Jason Worth and Michael Taylor possibly splitting time in left field to keep Jason Worth healthy and keep his legs fresh throughout the season doesn't sound like all that bad an idea to me. No, I, I don't disagree with you. Um, you wonder, especially with a manager like Matt Williams, who has um, shown to prefer having set roles for everybody and um, a set lineup when he can get it. You wonder if he's willing to, to to think outside the box that way and 
uh, split time between a veteran and, um, you know, and a very young player. Uh, you know, look, I love Michael Taylor's tools uh, as much as anybody, but he still has a lot to learn about um, about the major league game, both offensively and defensively. Uh, base running, we've seen a few times where um, where he's, he's looked confused and, and not really sure of himself what he's doing. Uh, he's got that really funky leadoff first base, which, which seems to me like he would be very prone to being picked off. So, uh, you know, they're still refining him as a major league player. Um, and you mentioned Jason Orth, and, and there's a guy that um, we just don't know is going to be able to stay on the field. He's still got a couple years of, of contract left in him, and um, the Nets just have no idea what they're going to be, be able to get out of him. So, um, again, some interesting decisions to be made. Um, if they make another year or two deal with Span, if they let him walk, you know, how do they arrange the outfield? Do they try to depend on Jason Worth like they did last uh, this year and then have to make other arrangements? So, um, you know, there are a lot of answers uh, to questions that um, that are going to play out as the season goes along. Um, obviously, we've talked at infinitum about Jordan Zimmerman and Ian Desmond and Doug Fister, and we don't really need to rehash everybody's um, assignment at this point. But uh, um, a lot of decisions to be made about the Nats going forward in the future uh, once the season is over. I'll just state again for the record before we move on to game two quickly that I'll, I'll be a lot happier with uh, Jordan Zimmerman and Doug Fister potentially and most likely leaving after the season when the Nationals sign Zach Greinke after he opts out of his deal with the Dodgers. But I'll just sneak that in there. <laughs> Nationals had an eight-game win streak after the first game, 42-33 and 33 on the year. We spent a lot of time in the first game sort of on purpose because the second game dragged on all night and made it a long day of baseball for everyone. Hannah Roark gets the start. I mentioned that Taylor Jordan scratched from his start in AAA. Apparently they considered him in case anyone had uh, – Roark had to throw in the first game, but he didn't. Strasburg gave him seven innings, so they went to Roark in the second. Uh, Wilmer, Wilmer Defoe called up as well. Roark, five starts this season, 3-0, 3-8-6 ERA, 5-5-2-5, 239, 276, 453 line against and 30 in the third. We gave up five singles and a double, four runs and a 35-pitch second, down 4 nothing at that point, 52 pitches and two innings pitched. Nats pulled within one in the fourth, but the 10th hit off Rourke is a two-run single to center by Michael Franco that made it 6-3, to 7-3 to three before Matt Williams went to the pen for Felipe Rivera. Another run scored to make it 8-3 to three at that point. Uh, Tanner Roark just really got lit up. Well, not even necessarily lit up. A lot of singles today, but 12, 12 hits altogether and three and a third, eight runs, eight earned runs, one walk on the day. Ends up throwing 82 pitches and just three and a third innings pitch. Uh, my question for you, which we discussed briefly before the show, is do they stop messing around with Tanner Roark if they can help it here and keep the rotation pitchers healthy and just stick Roark in the bullpen for now and leave him there for the rest of the season? Because as adaptable as Matt Williams has said he is over the last couple of weeks, maybe just use his adaptability in different roles in the bullpen because it wasn't a good outing today, and moving him back and forth like this is really starting to worry me, honestly. No, it, it really uh, it was disconcerting this team got there and pitched so poorly. And um, You know, Roark, I mean, it's just a fantastic case study this year um, of taking a 15-game winning starter and then just yanking him between roles and, and up and down like that and um, you know, has had bouts of success, but has also, quite frankly, had several occasions where he's looked like dog do, and that was today. Uh, um, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, getting singled to death and everything, and, and you know, Roark is a, is a pitch-to-contact guy, and it's even more exacerbated this year. He's, he's hardy, throwing harder than ever uh, in his bullpen stints, but 
um, but still not striking anybody out. And, uh, you know, whether that's something physical or, um, you know, a, 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 an intentional, um, you know, me- mechanics change or, or whatever, but, um, you know, just it has the inability to strike anybody out. So anytime a ball's put in play, you never know what can happen to it. And, you know, we saw it today, uh, you know, nothing, you know, particularly, it wasn't particularly hammered, you know, you can't say, you know, he gave up 10 hits and eight runs, so you can say he got hammered, but uh, um, like I said, lots of singles, lots of, you know, hit him where they ain't type of thing, and um, and that's the thing when, when you have to live by giving up contact is if they don't hit it at anybody, you're going to end up having a rough day, and Roark did. He's together the rest of the game, Felipe Rivero, Blake Trinan, Casey Jansen combined for... Uh, two and a third, three and a third, three and a third scoreless after Roark is out of there. I can't add. Anyway, three and two thirds, four and two thirds. Thank you. I finally got it. Uh, before we wrap up, just have to mention Severino Gonzalez on the mound for the Phillies. He was there, 26 man called up today to make the start early this season before they signed Correa. The 22 year old was who was uh, number 10 on Baseball America's list of the Phillies' top prospects before 2014. Had an 8.96 ERA, 3.66 FIP. 379, 426 line against and 19 and two thirds innings pitch before he was sent down to AAA. Three scoreless on 50 pitches today. Nats get to him in the fourth, though. Yunel Escobar doubles. Clint Robinson RBI single. A bomb of a home run by Ian Desmond, which is a really good sign. I think it was measured at 453, and he missed the concourse in Philly where the cheesesteaks are sold by about a row, if, if that. But really nice <laughs> hit by Desmond there. 458. Jose Lobatone put one in the upper deck and right, second deck there, about eight rows back, a bomb off of him, but Severino Gonzalez, a decent start out there. I hadn't seen him pitch before. He had some nice stuff and a lot of composure for a 22-year-old going out there. His third win of the season, 3-2 and two on the year, lowers the ERA a little to 8-2-8, but decent start from the right-hander. Yeah, you know, I, I think he's got a little bit of talent. I, I think he'll probably end up uh, um, carving a role as a, as a bullpen guy, a swing guy. I'm not sure that uh, um, that he's got anything special enough amongst the pitches that he throws to um, to either you know make him a starter or make him a closer. I think he's going to end up uh, more of it in a utility role. But um, yeah, it's good to see Desmond make solid contact. I mean, he swings hard enough, so if and when he connects, it's going to go a long way. And we certainly saw that. Uh, Lubaton, uh seems to be producing when he gets a chance to, to, to be in the lineup once every five days or whatever. So um, you know, again, it's it's good to see him to continue to um, to be able to make contact and put the ball in play because, um, you know, frankly, uh, Lobaton's not that that great a hitter. So, uh, you know, whatever offense you do get out of him, um, it's a benefit. But uh, today, you know, the the, Jets, the Nets could not have generated enough offense to make up for, um, you know, for how well the, the Phillies were were slapping around uh, Roark in the second game. Eight eight to five final. The Nationals rally for two runs, one one each in the sixth and seventh, to make it close in the end. But the Phillies come out, snap the Nationals' eight game win streak, forty two and thirty four overall on the year. Matt Williams said after the game, uh, uh, Denard's fan and Bryce Harper just sat out the second game, just being cautious with both of them since they've been dealing with injuries recently. He said he fully expects them back on Tuesday night in Atlanta. So. Hope for the best for those two because there's a whole different lineup when both of them are in there, as we've seen over the last couple of weeks. Phillies and Nationals split the doubleheader, as I mentioned, 42 and 34 on the year. A day off tomorrow for everyone to rest. We'll be back Tuesday night and talk about what the Nationals do against the Braves. Math Nightly, sponsored by the District Sports page and FederalBaseball.com. Good to talk to you, Dave. I'll talk to you on Tuesday night. Fair.
Doghouse says go Nats. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.